knowing that you can do anything you set your mind to. There's so many different things that you may have no idea about and educating yourself and putting your mind to it. There's really no stopping you. There may be certain roadblocks you can't let those get in your way. I think if you just make sure that those make you stronger and build you up as a person rather than letting you down and giving up. Now, whatever it is you're passionate about, it really can be anything you set your mind to. That's Kendra Eaton, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Hey guys, I'm your host, Kara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast, where I invite my favorite humans, the awesome, the up to something, and the extraordinary to come and share their story. These are people that inspire me and remind me that everything is possible. I hope that you will be left entertained, inspired, and moved to take action towards living your most powerful life. Kendra Eaton is unstoppable. She's in her late 20s, has a high-powered full-time job, is a homeowner, she's the president of her HOA, and she's an entrepreneur with two businesses, not one, two. And we're not talking about hobby businesses. These are two companies with a staff and an office and generating serious income. She's a total boss lady. As a kid, she was diagnosed with ADD, and today she's using that gift to her advantage. On this episode, we talk about how she does it all, what it's like to be so young and so hungry, what life is like when your partner is also an entrepreneur, and how she remembers to have fun and just be a 20-something once in a while. All that coming up, but first. Are you looking for a way that you can be part of the Powerful Ladies Ambassador Program? Well, you are in luck. We're currently looking for women who want to host our one day of giving events as part of our charity campaign that supports womenforwomen.org. It's really simple to figure out how to host. We send you a full host kit with all the details that you need and all the resources. And of course, we support you along the way. Powerful Ladies One Day of Giving events are an opportunity for you to have fun, connect with your community and make a difference in the lives of women around the world. These events do not need to be big. They should be like small, simple, easy things that you enjoy doing from the yoga class that you teach to the dinner party that you love to have to even going to your local like paint and wine uh, location and ask if they want to co-host with you. You invite your friends, they provide the space. All the money goes to the Powerful Ladies One Day Giving Charity. For more questions, you can email us hello at thepowerfulladies.com or you can go to thepowerfulladies.com forward slash giving. We can't wait for you to join us. There are tons of awesome benefits of being a Powerful Ladies Ambassador, which we'll tell you more about once you sign up. So Kendra, welcome. Thank you for coming and being a guest on the Powerful Ladies podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's start by you introducing yourself. Sure. So I am California born and raised, um, went to school in Dallas though, and I've been here for about 10 or 11 years. So uh, Dallas is where I call home now. Um, we have a little five-month-old golden doodle, <laughs> definitely still in our hearts in the last couple of months, um, and currently work two full-time jobs. So one for um, in sales at a hedge fund out of Connecticut, my boss and I run the Western region there, and then I also started a company called Sprinkled with Pink. And you've created another company since then too, right? Yeah. So Sigma Think has grown into um, Dapper Dog as well. So um, starting some sister brands and different target markets. What is Sprinkled with Pink? So it is a 
women's accessory line, I guess you could say, it's kind of um, evolving. We started with weddings and bachelorettes um, and kind of expanding into the girls' weekend fun accessories. So anything from um, personalized floppy beach hats to tote bags, glassware, you name it for a vacation or a fun weekend, and we've got it. So um, it's fun accessories you can use in the pool, beach, in your house. Um, and you also have the option to customize a lot of it too. So definitely a fun um, thing to bring with you. So going to Sprinkle with Pink is where people who are going on a bachelorette weekend or planning a wedding or planning a girls weekend, they can go there and they can customize some different products and accessories to celebrate and bring with them, right? So they have like takeaways? Absolutely, yeah. So we have a bunch of items that are, you know, already just fun accessories, um, different tote bags, maybe different cities that you're going to. I'm, I'm heading to Miami this weekend. So we have a bunch of swag we're bringing and um, things for the boat. So we just made some pre-made things that, you know, if you um, need some inspiration. And then we also have anything custom too. Um, a lot of people like to just do a completely custom order too, which is really exciting to see what they come up with. And we've even used some of that to add it to our product line. So we love collaborating with our um, customers. And what is Dapper Dog? <laughs> so Dapper Dog is new. Uh, we launched it, I think, two months ago. Um, actually launched prior to getting a dog. We decided we wouldn't use a dog model. <laughs> We're just kidding. Um, we've been wanting a dog for a long time, but just something fun, um, you know, different baseball hats, a dog mom attire, um, custom bandanas for all your dogs and fun holidays, you know, um, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. So different um, fun themed bandanas for them or coffee mugs and anything you need to outfit your dog mom or dad. Everyone loves to brag about their dog, right? Like everyone has dog pride. Yes. I, I keep finding myself matching the dog, which is so funny. I went to a dog <laughs> park yesterday and I had a blue baseball dog mom hat on and Rainy had a blue checkered um, bandana on him. I caught myself at the dog park being like, oh my goodness, I'm one of those people. <laughs> but it was really cute. Are you, are you going to be part of the, the modeling now as well? The two of you together in your matching outfits? Uh, dog models are actually difficult. You'd think that they are just easy to snap a pic and, um, they are much more difficult than people. So <laughs> it's been quite the adventure to get some pictures, but we've actually had some brand reps coming up too, which is neat to involve our community. So putting them some different products every month and they get to rep it and, um, you know, have it on discount codes and a fun way to bring in some new clients. So, um, it's been fun collaborating them. You have doggy ambassadors? We do. Yeah. Part of our dog squad. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think we need to get Bandit enrolled in that. And I think Jordan's uh, roommate's dog, Tugboat, would be an excellent doggy ambassador as well. His mother... Oh, I love that name. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so great. And his mother is a co-host on the Can I Pet Your Dog podcast. So, oh, I don't know that one. What's that about? Oh, it's great. They just talk about everything awesome about dogs. It was rated... Okay, it was rated one of Oprah's best podcasts to listen to from her magazine. Okay, definitely writing that down. Yeah. <laughs> Always need a new podcast. <laughs> exactly. So let's start at the beginning. Um, let's talk about what it was like growing up in California. Like, kind of give us a rundown of like zero to 18. What were you up to? What were you doing? Um, what were things that were indicators of the path that you would be on today? Let's see. Um, definitely did not uh, fully grasp the amazing <laughs> closeness of the beach 
um, being in Dallas now, like, wow, I grew up (laughs) so close to the ocean. So definitely missed that aspect and should have taken more advantage of it. But um, it was great. I mean, 72 year round and growing up with my family, um, both pretty much entrepreneurs. Our dad had his own car business for about 30 years. My mom is just the most amazing lady and um, someone I really look up to. So I think having them in my life and um, always pushing me to be better, I think it's, you know, pushed my entrepreneurial spirit and always wanting to do something. Um, I would say that I'm always having something planned or doing something at one time. I don't like sitting still or, you know, I'm very bad at relaxing. So um, I think from a young age, I was always trying to create different businesses. We had, I think I was five years old and we had a seashell table store thing (laughs) out on my cul-de-sac. And what is that? we we, We would go pick seashells from the beach and then come wash them and sell them for a quarter out on the street. And I don't know these poor souls that came and bought our seashells. <laughs> I think they just felt bad for us. But uh, <laughs> there was always some kind of business or, you know, my brother and I, I'd make him my assistant. And we'd go around and, you know, have different massage parlor, like make my family come in and get massaged on this, you know, hard table for family. <laughs> or like literally a six foot plastic table. And we, you know get them a massage or whatever they wanted. Um, there were just so many different businesses. Um, it was really fun. And I think them always supporting me has brought me to where I am today. Do you remember having an experience as a kid that made you think that, oh yeah, I can have a business or did it just start happening? I think so I went to this school called the Pegasus School and they were all about, you know, making sure your kids are independent. And I think that really helped shape a lot of us. So in the third grade, they had this third grade businesses. And now looking back, you know, what third grader would have their own business, but, um, you know, every kid was responsible. It's cool, right? It's like, how am I kids to do that? Um, but each kid was responsible for, you know, thinking about what their own business was creating it and then actually hosting it for a few days. Um, and everyone would come in, you know, you'd have kind of fake money and buy some people had like goldfish and I made something dorky. Um, I pressed flowers and made bookmarks. That's not dorky. That's very crafty and cool. <laughs> Wasn't too wildly successful. <laughs> I had to think about what people actually would buy. Um, the goldfish were a huge hit, but it was fun. I think that them shaping, you know, you your parents weren't allowed to drop you off or walk you into school. And third grade was like the hitting point of you now are your own person and you get to, you know, take care of yourself. So I think from a young age, I think that's really important. And you grew up in Newport Beach, right? Yeah. What was it like growing up in the OC? Because I, I believe you're in the same kind of age group as the people who made the OC famous with the MTV show. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. When we traveled, when I remember that first came out, people were like, oh, do you know Marissa? I'm like, she's a fictional character. <laughs> I don't know her. Um, I am jealous. My brother got to grow up on the other side of the bay, so closer to um, the water. But I think it was neat. Um, I think you get to be around a lot of powerful people. And so I think that you have this, you know, there's no limit to really what you can do. Um, But I think you also see the different wealth that is there too. So I think it's kind of a, you know, getting that good balance of, you know, these solid people around you. And I think we had a really strong community too, which is important. Yes. I feel very lucky that I am both friends with you and your brother and your parents. And I'm always impressed at 
the people that your family has surrounded themselves with and the level to which they're all there to like help each other out and support each other. So I think that speaks, you know, very highly of your family for sure, but also, you know, who who's available in in Orange County in Newport Beach to you know, the resources that are there if you choose to um, you know, take advantage of them and collaborate with them. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. I, I think that the community aspect is really important for really how I grew up and where I want to go with my own family. Um, I think that who you surround yourself with is really important and will be a reflection back on yourself. So making sure that you, one, you know, choose the right people, but also to shape what kind of community that you want for yourself, too. So I think that um, having that support and having that backbone of these really great people, but also um, making sure, I think they, my parents did a good job of making sure that there was, um, you know, you can have that solid feedback and that open communication and there's like constructive feedback and um, really like a sense of integrity, I guess you could say too. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know, having that backbone and that strong community is really important. What does it mean to you to be a contributor to a community? Oh, okay. My love language is acts of service. So <laughs> I'm always... Um, you know, looking for things in ways I can help people. So I, I constantly find myself, you know, how can I help you with this or how I can do this for you? Or, um, you know, I think when you're constantly looking at how you can help others, you'll always succeed too. So I think if you have that notion of responsibility for one another and, you know, your success as a group, uh, I think you'll all be successful. As a kid, were you already actively helping others? Is there an example that you have? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I always just had, I guess, empathy for others. My mom told me that when we were in, um, we played soccer. I think I played for 10 years, but there was this one year where they were the butterflies or something silly. And there's this <laughs> banner that you have and every kid gets a butterfly with their name on it. And we were short one butterfly. And so <laughs> this little girl is bawling her eyes out. And I walk up to her, I'm like, we can share a butterfly. Like, we'll, we'll be good. <laughs> So I think just, you know, even just silly little things like that, I think um, that was always how I was brought up was to look out for others and make sure everyone's always included. Yeah, I mean, it's super important. I'm a firm believer as well about community and and being of service. And if you have something that you can contribute to somebody who needs it, like, why wouldn't you help? Exactly. So part of our company, we've been growing a lot lately and um, we brought on a full-time manager recently and she's been trained by Lululemon, which is really um, a neat opportunity to bring a different, you know, culture into our company. And so one of the things we're going to start doing now is looking at, you know, our employees and how we make sure that they're successful. So I think this is really interesting and not only figuring out how they can be successful at work, but really like what's their goals for the year, whether it be personal or career related or, you know, whatever they want to achieve. Um, we're trying to look and figure out how what that culture looks like and how we can all be successful in and out of work. So I think that by bringing that in, I think it creates that sense of community um, at our company and, you know, with the really people we care about. It's so important for everyone, you know, listening to know is that you're a late 20-something and you work <laughs> a high-powered um, remote, lots of traveling, lots of expectations, full-time job, and you've started these two companies on the side. So both um, Sprinkle with Pink started as an Etsy shop originally, and next thing you know, you and I talk in December, November, and 
you have staff and an office and a team. And for me, it was so impressive because you hear about people who have side hustles and you think like, oh yeah, they do it like on Saturdays and Sundays and they do a few things and they, they go on. But no, like you have an entire enterprise that you're doing on the side. Like you, you have two jobs. How do you balance <laughs> that you know, in your 20s what made you want to start Sprinkle with Pink? Like, how do you make all of that work? I don't know. No. Um, you know, I think I've learned sort of some difficult ways. I think the past couple of years, we started it in 2017, I believe, spring of 2017. Um, started in, you know, the kitchen, figuring out, you know, how to make these bachelorette banners. And that was, the banners were the most frustrating thing ever. So it was quickly taken off the product um, field. But um, you know, evolving from our kitchen to the garage and, you know, we're hot, we're cold and, um, finally getting our office and growing our team. I think that, and while having that other job, um, I think one of the most important lessons I learned was really taking care of yourself, um, first and foremost. So getting enough sleep, making sure you're exercising, you know, eating well. Um, if you aren't taking care of yourself, then you can't take care of your company or other jobs. So learn that the hard way with traveling too much and trying to do everything all at once. So I think what's really been impactful for me is making sure you have the right people. So hiring, you know, my operations manager started, she's the best resource and we really can balance each other out. So making sure you have those right people and you not only have the right people, but trust them to run things for you. So I can't do it all every single day. So having the right people there to, you know, take on different tasks and help us all succeed at the same time, I think is really important. So taking care of yourself, having the right people. and really just working hard. I mean, I think for me, there isn't really work days <laughs> Monday through Friday. It's you work and you get things done at all times. Um, but I think what I really love about it is it doesn't feel like a job. It's really fun. Um, you know, I have fun creating new products and figuring out new processes and what works and what really doesn't work. Um, so I think as long as you're having fun and you're passionate about it, you will succeed. If you're doing something, you know, as forceful just to make money and you don't really believe in your product, I think that's when you kind of have a pitfall. How did you start Sprinkle with Pink? Where did the idea come from? Let's see. It was, I was in Washington, D.C. and I'm staying at a friend's house. and She's not up yet. I think it's 7 a.m. I'm scrolling through and it's someone's bachelorette party. We're trying to figure out these different party favors. And I'm like, I think I can do that. If I find this weird machine, it's, I think it's like $275. And everyone thinks I'm crazy. They go, why would you ever spend that amount of money on this paper cutter? <laughs> so I bought it and against everyone's eyes, I was like, I could sell things, I could sell things. They're like, yeah, right. Um, and then a few months later, trying to figure out how the heck to make these things um, and then expanding from this little, you know, 12 inch machine now into these industrial size um, machines that go much quicker. Um, I think it was just out of a need. You know, a lot of people are getting married and there's just such fun um, accessories you can make for the bachelorette. And so, um, comboing it with, I wanted a side project and have something creative to balance out my financial other, other job. When you first got your, or when you got your first order from a customer that you didn't know, like, were you jumping up and down? Were you excited? Like, what was that moment like? Yeah, that was fun. At first I'm like, Oh my gosh, I made a hundred dollars, you know? Like, oh, yeah. This is awesome. And Travis is looking, my boyfriend's looking at me being like, you are spending 12 hours making $100. You are not worth it. <laughs> you are worth way more. And I'm like, no, but I'm making money on these glitter banners. 
Um, but I think it's exciting, you know, having orders come in, these, you know, strangers you don't know want to buy something that you made with your own hands. Um, I think that's really exciting. Besides Travis challenging what your hourly rate was worth, like, were there other people <laughs> who were, you know, not supportive or worried about what you were starting? I think a lot of people just didn't get it. Um, but I think at the same time, they're like, oh yeah, like you can do that. Like, that's awesome. Um, so I think that having, and like going back to that community is really, um, teaching or training your community as who you are and who you stand for mm-hmm. and having them support you. Um, I think in high school, I volunteered a lot and I started in a nonprofit and I worked with an organization called Operation Smile and I would go and I remember this one presentation specifically and I was giving a presentation in Spanish class and I played this video and it's for kids with cleft lips and cleft palates and I got a lot of flack. And what I learned was, you know, I got really upset and I'm crying and <laughs> Spanish class, like six period. And I learned that I didn't really set that up to be successful. I kind of just, you know, was a little bit embarrassed and just put the video up there and wanted it to do its own work. And I didn't set it up or, you know, build up my community so they'd understand who I was and what I stood for. Mm-hmm. And I think that was really a teaching moment. So what were you, what would you have done differently in that situation? Um, I think it's really educating people, you know, here's what's happening. Here's, you know, the upset with these kids and they can't, you know, a lot of them are shunned in their communities and they can't go on dates. They can't go outside. Um, and really just educating them. Like, here's what's happening. Here's what I stand for. And I really want to invite you to help me and help these kids. So I think by involving them and, you know, empowering them to support you uh, would have been more powerful rather than just making them and, you know, guilty people into it or, you know, whatever was going on. <laughs> right. Um, so by having an understanding of what someone stands for, I think it's much more powerful and you can be a leader in that. When you started Sprinkled with Pink, did you know anything about making products or running your own business or like what did you know and feel confident in and how much did you just not know and do it anyway? Oh, I didn't know anything, but I think that's kind of the exciting part. I think that's one of the things that I really like is there's so many things I don't know how to do. I think I find it fun to figure it out and find the right people like yourself. And, you know, you're telling me we need to forecast our financials for five years. And I'm like, what? <laughs> How do we do that? Um, or when we first started, I'm making these glitter banners, which we do not do anymore. But Travis is saying, you know, you're not pricing your products right. You're not including your time. And I go, what do you mean? I'm free. He goes, no, no, no. <laughs> you have to value your time and like what your hourly rate is. We need to build that into the cost. And I'm like, no, I'm making $200. And he's like shaking his head. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely some hiccups along the way and um, things you can learn and um, a lot of unknowns, I would say. And to let the everyone listening know, um, in addition to Powerful Ladies, I have a consulting and coaching business and you are one of my clients in that business. So, um, you know, we got in touch just bef- uh, around the holidays or just before because you were looking to take your business to the next level. So, you know, hiring your new manager that you have, getting into a new office. And we connected because you are you had gotten your business to such a point where you were ready to expand. And we're trying to find ways to basically clone yourself so that the business could keep growing and you could still have your current corporate job and this job and start Dapper Dog and have a life. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> One of our goals that we talked about was doubling the revenue of the company and cutting my hours in half. And so 
I think that you came at a really um, critical point. There were so many different directions we could go in and we're trying to sell wholesale. We're trying to go full throttle, but we don't have the right foundation to do that. So it's kind of at this almost breaking point of things could crumble or be really successful. So I think by bringing you on, we're so happy because you helped us really solidify that foundation so that we could grow and grow really steady and have it be successful for a long time. So I think you and I met right before Christmas and, you know, you helped us make a plan. So, you know, how do we forecast our sales? How can we grow? How can we hire someone? We moved into a space four times our size. Um, we hired that full-time person who is just the best resource ever. Um, and now we're really gutting it. So I'm so happy to have had you guys and your services. And <laughs> Thank you. It's really, I think now I think I feel like at peace with it uh, rather than all this anxiety. Can we do it? And, you know, what does that look like? Yeah, I think even in Powerful Ladies, there's such an importance to having your team, whether they're in-house, freelance, consultants, there's so many different ways to organize the team around you to make whatever you're up to happen and to bring in people who have expertise or have these resources or even just have the availability. I think so often when you start a business, you're up against time and money. And if you can at least fix one of those things, like usually the time part, it allows the money part to, to happen on its own. And you know, credit to you because you're basically a dream client in the sense that you are so coachable and so open to it. And you, I know that you're working so hard. So whatever I would like ask you to look at or do, it'd be done in like a day. And you're like, and we beat our sales. And you're like, of course you did. Like I, I wasn't going <laughs> to, I wasn't doubting that forever, you know? Yeah. It's, it's funny because when we met, remember in December, November, December, where sales were really down. I think there was a seasonality to that. Yeah. Um, but you know, they're down like 50%. And then once we started getting and there was like this anxiety about, can this business survive? Can we keep going? You know, we were successful before, but what's happening? Um, and we really, once we started back and believing in ourselves or getting it all organized and everything kind of ducks in a row, you know, the office, the team, everything. Um, January is one of our biggest months yet. So it's just interesting to see once you have that, you know, backbone of people and consultants and, you know, people to help you through that how once it really lines up, it all becomes really successful. So it's been great. And there, it really is this, this, this principle that people don't talk about a lot with momentum. Like when you are sharing and people know what you're creating and what you stand for and you're getting people involved and you're talking about it all the time, like there's something behind the momentum that just causes more things to move. And that's one of my favorite feelings is when you feel it all moving forward. It might not be in, it might be in multiple directions, but you feel it moving forward because that's, that's what inspires myself and also reminds me like, it's okay, keep going, keep going. Because every day as a business owner, you have a doubt about something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the best part was that was one of our biggest months and we didn't really do, you know, we didn't do extra marketing. We didn't do anything like that. So it, it's just really interesting. Uh, but I think like you said, there's a lot of failures too. And I think those just make us stronger and, you know, also something to la- look back and laugh at. Alex and I constantly are like, oh my gosh, remember when we used to do <laughs> X or Y? Remember when you had that 100 square foot windowless office? <laughs> yeah. So I think it really makes you appreciate what you have now and uh, makes you stronger. So in the area of that, like what are things that you feel like you have to <clears throat> overcome either in your business or yourself um, 
to, to stay in the powerful lady space versus a space of being ordinary? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think really shifting it into a true full-time business was a shift for me. So making sure that I'm being the, you know, good example for my employees, you know, they look up to you and how you act and how you present yourself is how they're going to follow as well. So I think, you know, constantly making sure that you're leading as an example and uh, really creating the culture that you want is important. I think one of our challenges is staying focused. You know, there's so many different ways that we are pulled in, you know, there's a different sales channels, like a store in Dallas wants us to open a permanent pop-up shop or, you know, different target markets, sororities want us to make their sorority, um, you know, fun swag or baby shop, or, you know, there's so many different avenues we could go in. I think staying focused and figuring out where to spend our time and prioritize um, because our to-do list is just so long. So, you know, the other day we really wanted to create a photo booth in our warehouse, but we, you know, had to finish our employee handbook. So <laughs> making sure you stay on task with what's important, I think is always a challenge. What, so you moved to Dallas or to Dallas because of college, correct? Yes. Went to SMU. What made you choose SMU? You know, I wanted to get out of California. Um, not that there was anything bad about California, but I think just experiencing um, a new place and new people. Um, I traveled a lot in high school. So, you know, going on medical missions to Vietnam by myself um, when I was 15 or going to different conferences by myself, um, always wanted to figure out and learn from new people. So wanted to get out of California and came to Dallas and everyone is just so nice here. And you know, we went to the mattress store to buy a new mattress and we're like, how are we going to get this home? And this man in the store goes, oh, hey, y'all, like, I'll help you. I'm going that way. And, you know, throws matches in the back of his car and drops it off for us. So people here are just so kind. And um, I don't think you find that everywhere. So it's a really good city to be in. And you can actually um, afford a home here <laughs> versus California. It's a little bit more affordable. And you're a homeowner yourself. Yes, yeah, so we bought a house three years ago in this cute little neighborhood um, that's definitely transitioning. So it's been fun to watch the neighborhood develop and um, grow. Within your peer group, whether it's, you know, friends from high school or from college, do you feel that you're in a group where a lot of people have big careers and their own companies and are owning homes? Or are you an outlier in that in your group? I would say it's a mix. Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of our friends are definitely go-getters and everyone's in different industries from recruiters to product managers to marketing. Um, everyone's really doing their own thing and being so successful. So it's neat to see everyone in the, I don't think there's one person who's in the same career, actually, now that I think about it, from lawyers to um, financial managers. <laughs> uh, it's a whole, you know, mixed bag of people. But I think in Dallas, it's definitely more common to be a homeowner. Um, I think a lot of the trends typically are with people who, you know, you get married when you buy a house. So it's been interesting, like my, you know, me and a couple of friends buying homes, you know, as single women. Um, I think it's really empowering and it's been really a neat experience. And now serving on <laughs> a lot of things to learn too. So I'm the president of our HOA board and that's been an adventure too. So it's been fun. So as we're listening to you share about your two companies and your day job and being on the board of the HOA, when do you have time to do the things that are not work and responsibility related? <laughs> um, that is a good question. I'm very bad at relaxing. So I kind of have to force myself to relax, but I think it's important. Um, 
I think the dog has been really helpful. Um, you know, yesterday we went to the dog park for a few hours and um, I think putting your phone away is really important too. I think oftentimes we think we're relaxing, we're just scrolling through Instagram or whatever you're doing on your phone to stay busy. But I think putting that away is really important. Um, we tried a little bit back to put our phones away like an hour before bed and really read. And I think that's been really great too. So it's a way for me to still, you know, learn new things and um, pick up new skills, but also have it be a relaxing and, you know, calm way to end the day. So there's that. And there's also travel too. I think we travel a ton, um, both for work and pleasure. So my boyfriend and I like to take one big trip a year. We did, let's see, Banff, Canada, Iceland, Hong Kong, Bali, and we're currently trying to figure out where our next place is this year. So um, that's definitely one of our you know favorite things to do together. Is your boyfriend, Travis, as driven and focused as you are? Yes, if not more. <laughs> he started his own um, software company, um, left a you know really great you know manager of operations for a large insurance company. So left that job to start his own company. It's called Agency Root, and it's a CRM platform for um, agriculture agents. So something that didn't exist, and he invented it from scratch. So taught himself how to code. You know, started the blank slate, and now he has you know, um, all these different paying, you know, recurring monthly subscribers. So it's just really neat to see him grow. And it's been really interesting for us both to work at home, you know, back to back, three feet apart. <laughs> um, that's been interesting for our relationship, but I think definitely made us stronger. Are there moments when you're both yelling on a phone call and somebody has to make the decision to leave the room? Oh, absolutely. Every day. <laughs> uh, so being in sales and with our company, I'm, I'm constantly on the phone. And him being a coder, you know, he needs, you know, intense concentration. So it's definitely a, a roller coaster. But um, now that we have our larger office, I've been going in every single day, which has helped and take the pups too sometimes. So it's been fun. And that's to the sprinkled with pink office. Yes. <laughs> when you hear someone talking about powerful ladies, like what does it mean to you to be a powerful lady? And when what does it mean and uh, how you view other women? I think that I haven't really... I think of myself as a leader, but I, you know, think about always empowering others. I think a true powerful lady is one who's always constantly bringing others up with them. And I think that's how we can, you know, all succeed together. I think if you just constantly think about yourself and, you know, yourself being successful doesn't really work for me. So, um, I always love people. Like I think Alan DeGeneres is one of my favorite people. Um, she, first of all, she's been through so much, um, and been like the first, you know, openly gay comedian or, you know, just different things that she's done in the past have just been really hard. And I think that she stands for constantly bringing up other people. You know, she has five-year-old people on her show all the time and she's constantly getting Shutterfly or these different um, partners give away thousands of dollars and, you know, is all about creating a fun space, but also doing it in a really neat and kind and, you know, leading by example way. So I really like her leadership style that it's fun, playful, but intentional and, you know, always has others in, you know, at the forefront. Are there, do you see a trend in your age group where more people are looking to have their own business or company? Like, do you see trends in how they approach what their career path is? Yeah, you know, I think it's a lot, I'm sure you've seen the same. I think it's a lot more popular now to have your own, you know, side hustle isn't just a, you know, 
uncommon thing. A lot of people have their own side hustle or starting their own companies, um, you know, working with you too. I'm like, oh, hey, I could send this person to you too. Or, oh, they started their own company. Let's send them to Kara. Um, you know, they need your your service. So it's been interesting to see how many people are starting their own things. And it's been really neat to see everyone, you know, be able to do that for themselves too. So I think it's an interesting day and age with our technology and different resources about, you know, how easily attainable that is if you have the right intention and can spend enough time with it. Based on, you know, when you were born and when you grew up, did you ever feel that you couldn't do anything? Like, because I guess what I'm trying to get at is how you see, you know, the feminist and female movement and if you've ever felt like you couldn't do something because of your gender. Ooh. Um, I think that a lot of people... It is, a, it is a big struggle, I think, to be a woman in the workplace. I think, especially, you know, I've had a number of different corporate jobs, and I think it's, you know, can be an issue from time to time. There's certain things people told me, you know, past boss, I'll never forget this. He told, he told me, you know, no matter how hard you try, you'll never be good enough. Um, there's just certain things that are just so spiteful. And um, How did you deal with, with that? I, it's not an awful thing. <laughs> Um, I think that when people tell me certain things like that, it really gets me going even more to prove them wrong. So I think that it kind of feeds that for me. And so, you know, when I, the day I left a couple months later, he goes, Oh, can you please take me with you? No, he didn't. <laughs> it just makes you, yes. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> so I think there's definitely a struggle for women, you know, um, and my other job, I think I'm one of four women in the, in our company. So I think that there's, always that strong male presence but I think just persevering I think a sometimes it can make you stand out um and b just makes you work that much harder yeah I think it's really interesting because everyone has their own experience with what's happening in the female empowerment movement and what they've experienced either personally or in the workforce and what I'm impressed by are how many women are have things, have stories to tell and are doing it anyway, right? They're not letting it stop them. Who yeah, I think one of the things that I like when people say is, you know, instead of being a victim of something, how can you be a survivor and how can you learn from it and move on? Mm-hmm. So I definitely like where we are today, like thinking of women in general, you know, our Senate has a lot of women, more women now. And you know, there's just so many different barriers that we're breaking, um, which is just so great. But I think one of the things for me is that we don't think about, you know, a woman or a man. It's just really a person in general and how, you know, successful are they or how good of a resource are they. So um, I think that's important for me too, just all being equal and, you know, we're yes. not different people. We're not, you know, we're all just um, people in general. Yeah, no, I, it's it's so important. And I really look forward to a point when we aren't talking about things in such divisive terms. So when you are out to have fun and forget about work for a little while, how do you spend your time? Um, well, Dallas, there's, you know, I think the only thing we do here is drink, eat, and shop. <laughs> <laughs> there's a definite patio scene here. So every restaurant and bar has an amazing patio. So it's really nice to just be outdoors and, you know, have some good quality time with your friends or walking on our trails or um, one of our lakes. I love that. And then also... Um, we love cooking and yoga. So different ways to, I think quality time is really important for us. So making sure you have that with your friends and family 
And especially with our busy schedules, I think that we really need to be intentional about, you know, okay, we hung out with this person last week. Who can we hang out with? <laughs> you know, making sure you put that in and, you know, it is a priority. So um, definitely like that and definitely be intentional or else it uh, does go to the wayside. So it sounds like you are um, heavily reliant on your calendar. What are other things that you do to, like practical things that you do every day to be operating at your best? It's funny that we were at breakfast this morning and I brought my calendar, my yearly calendar, and I'm going with Travis and thinking about, okay, what are we doing this month? And we went through the whole year, wrote down the football games we're going to, and this woman next to us goes, what is that? This is a calendar. What do you mean? And she goes, I've never seen someone do like that. That's pretty cool. I should do that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, go to Target. Just a calendar. <laughs> um, so I think being really organized, I think myself, I'm just pretty, you know, uh, type A, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely being organized, everything on your plate. And then also prioritizing. So I think, you know, we ha- use Google Keep at work to figure out what's on our to-do list and we have different notes. So, you know, one for today, one for this week, one for this month, and then, you know, another one when we have time. Um, so constantly updating those lists every day and then coming into the day and Alex and I sit down and we say, okay, you know, what are our priorities for today and what do we have to attack first? And knowing that we're not going to get to the whole list, um, that list is ever growing, but constantly making sure that we're prioritizing and getting the most important things, even if they're not fun, <laughs> yeah. first. For people who don't know, what is Google Keep? It's been, we've been playing with it lately. I used to use uh, Microsoft OneNote, and it has disappeared from my computer. So we've been using Google Keep, which is interesting. You can It's kind of like organized sticky notes that um, you can invite people to collaborate on. Um, you can create check marks, different priorities. You can create labels. Um, it's a really great way to keep lists and um, keep it organized. And digital. I'm all about writing things down. And I oddly have this weird, I write them down and I put them in the computer. So <laughs> I do the same. Um, I used to write a new list every single day and that pad, you know, we've gone through many of those. So this is a nice digital way to keep that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's something nice about having uh, like tangibly writing it down because it's almost meditative in that you write it down, get it out of your head, you have the list, and then you can be a lot more... Um, you know, focus when you put it into whatever digital application you're using because you've kind of gotten it organized versus if you just start in the digital space, it's this really random messy list that is hard to organize. So I'm the same way about having a a written method and a digital method. Absolutely. Yeah, that calendar I talked about, we have digital and written and people are like, why do you have both? I'm like, I don't know. I like holding it. <laughs> like I still buy the hardbound books rather than my Kindle. Mm-hmm. Um, Kindle's been dead for a few months. So I like, the, <laughs> I like holding the actual um, paper in my hands. How important is reading to you and, you know, continuing your personal growth? I really like it. I think it's a calming way. And I think you should constantly be, you know, figuring out different things to learn. I think if you just thought, oh, I'm good. I got it. I can't, you know, I don't need to learn anything else. I think that's a true hindrance. So um, I think it's important. But with that said, I am the slowest reader. Um, (laughs) Growing up with ADD, my mom has put me through so many different speed reading or, you know, different classes and courses and not to any of my avail. So (laughs) 
<laughs> um, definitely something I'm still working on. Travis will read, you know, four books for my one book, but I still really enjoy it. Growing up and, and, you know, being diagnosed with ADD, d- did you see that as something that was negative or just what so? Like, how did you feel about it and how have you, you know, used it as a source of power for yourself? I think growing up, it wasn't really a common or as common, I guess, now. Um, I remember in the fourth or fifth grade, I kept being pulled out of class and they're like, what is, you know, what's wrong with her? You know, let's do these tests or meet with this person to do these, I don't even know what kind of games we were doing. Uh, trying to figure me out. So I think at first it was an upsetting thing. Um, you know, what's kind of wrong with you. And I think I used it as an excuse and they couldn't figure out like the way I learned. And so I don't think I did very well in um, elementary or middle school. Like I had like a different style, um, you know, it's fail quizzes, but then ace the test or, you know, different things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think figuring out my learning style is really important. And I think everyone has their own way of learning and their own, you know, methods, their madness. And so figuring that out is really important. And I think just teaching kids one learning style is not one size fits all. So, you know, having patience with your kids and really figuring out what works for them is so important. What have you realized works for you? Oh, the list. (laughs) I love the list. (laughs) Being organized. And, um, you know, I remember like having all these different classes and I had a different color coordinated notebook or binder that matched the you know, note-taking binder and pen for each class or, you know, different fun ways to make note-taking or learning fun. Um, I think for myself, I always make it a game. So by figuring out that game mentality, I'm really competitive. So um, I think that was a way for me to make learning or different schoolwork fun rather than this boring drag and I'm bad at it and not going to be good enough. One of the most upsetting things for me um, is, and that I'm motivated at some point to take some action on or, or, or participate in changing, is how the U.S. education and learning system is set up. Because I think that, to your point, there's so many people that learn in so many different ways. And mm-hmm. you want to allow kids to have that curiosity and energy and excitement for as long as possible. And when you know, labels get applied or you don't fit into the mold that that school decided on for who knows how and for what purpose. It's so defeating. Like, why would we want to defeat, give any, give kids any reason to feel defeated at that point? Like, there's plenty of that to come up in adulthood. So like, why, why do it when you're a kid and when learning is so important? And yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, we have to spend some time looking at how every person is able to use their unique skills and talents and abilities to live their best life. And I think absolutely, I'm so glad that you shared um, that experience for yourself because when people hear your story and look at you, like you are super successful, you're super smart, you, you know, you're a person that people are inspired by. And to know that it's, this could have all been derailed because of an ADD diagnosis when you were what, probably like eight, seven? And, yeah, I think ten. Okay, I don't care how old you are in fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, and but to think that that could have stopped your path because of that, um, and the fact that you haven't, and to your point earlier, you're a survivor of you know whatever you personally felt about that. I, I think it just speaks volume to who you are, and also the opportunities we have to like let everybody win. Versus make it easier for 
the system to work. Yeah. And I think the schools have gotten a lot better at that too. So, you know, being more adaptive or, you know, allowing extra time or, you know, allowing kids to figure that out or, you know, go to these special therapists or different, you know, educators um, to work with them and find what works. I think that's really great. And I think they just need to keep doing that. Um, But sometimes, you know, they gave me extra time in college and at the SATs. And sometimes that extra time does not work. (laughs) I think I had eight and a half hours to do the SAT and that drove me insane. So give an ADT kid eight hours to do an SAT, I think is the the wrong direction. (laughs) They should have given you uh, one hour. (laughs) Yeah, right. Let's give an ADT kid like way longer to do a standardized test. Um, I think just trying and figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And um, that definitely did not work for me. So, but I think just really realizing everyone's different. You know, my roommate in college, we had a lot of the same classes and it would take her a few hours to write a paper and she'd get an A and it would take me 10 hours and I'd get an average B. So people have to spend different amounts of time and different effort and, you know, everyone's different and it's okay. Exactly. It's okay. Like, let's celebrate that. Mm -hmm. So what are you taking on for 2019 um, personally? And then we can talk about professionally. Um, Personally, I think really wanting to work on having a better balance. So like I said, last year was a bit, you know, skewed towards the be successful, do everything all at once at all the time and, you know, be running on all cylinders every single day at every hour. Um, that does not work. So, um, got burned out very quickly. And so focusing on a better balance, um, you know, whether that's just time for myself, which, you know, it's hard for me. Um, working out, you know, staying really healthy, uh, I think is one of our biggest goals this year. And how do you plan on doing that? Um, let's see, doing more yoga, definitely cooking. Um, that meal prepping is just so helpful for us. So having those really healthy, yummy meals in the, the fridge ready to go and grab, uh, especially for a busy lifestyle is so important and such an easy resource and it saves money too. So um, that's been really big for us doing yoga, doing meditation, um, just hanging out with my friends. So, you know, there's certain nights where someone called me last week and let's go to dinner. And I, you know, I had 10 things to do and I'm like, no, I have to just, you know, do my taxes or whatever it was. <laughs> um, and saying, you know what, I can do that later. And I really should go spend time with my friends. So, um, picking and choosing and making sure you have your priorities straight. How important to you is having a good group of powerful ladies and girlfriends in your everyday life? Oh, I think it's really important. I think, like, you know, your friends are a reflection of who you want to be and what you will become, too. So surrounding yourself with the right people is just so important. Besides your mother and Ellen DeGeneres, who are women <laughs> that he, that you look up to, that you strive to be, and when you're not feeling powerful, you can go to as a resource? Ooh, that's a good question. Um I'm trying to think of who I think really, I think there's so many powerful ladies. Um, obviously I think Ellen DeGeneres, um, but I also think oh, uh, Michelle Obama. I've been reading her book, Becoming, um, not done. It's a longer one, but I think she's just such a powerful lady to look up to. Um, you know, she came from a, you know, an interesting background and she's really risen above that and been really powerful despite all the different challenges she's come across. And, you know, look at her now. She was first lady, um, she had different campaigns to stop obes- obesity and, you know, have a healthy lifestyle, these education systems and 
Um, she's really taken a stand and, you know, been really successful at it. So I really enjoy watching her and she's a really powerful, you know, gets me going when I watch videos or everything she's doing. So um, I really look up to her and um, like what she stands for. So if there is someone listening right now who has an idea for a business, they don't know how to start, they don't have the skills that they think to take it all the way, what are the first things you would tell them to do? Hire Kara. No, that actually would be my step one. Um, Someone else I just referred to you recently, you know, she talked about starting her own business and she said, we got, I'm going to, you know, maybe we'll talk to a consultant later when we're down the road and we're already there. And I said, absolutely not call her now. (laughs) You know, you need that foundation, even if you don't have a company even today. So I really think um, for me, I think where a good skill I have is finding the right people. So if you don't know how to do something, A, you know, there's always Google, there's everyone teaching you any kind of number of weird things. Um, but B, you know, finding those resources to help you through it. If you don't have the answer, who can you call or who can you lean on? I think I'm constantly doing that. So um, I found it fun to figure that out. Um, but I think that's sort of the ride too, is really figuring out where you're going to go and what it's going to look like. And as you look into 2019 for your career, what are your goals? What are you focusing on? What are you excited about? I think expanding our business, you know, we looked at our company and we said, okay, here's where we are today. We have those different areas we can grow into, but let's be successful in the one area we're in already. So our goal is to be your go-to bachelorette shop. You can buy, you know, your one-stop shop to get everything for your bachelorette or wedding or girls weekend. So expanding really into that girls weekend and, you know, come join us for the party. So I think we had 60 products last year and we were already really successful. So we're really figuring out how can we expand that product line and where are we going to go into? So um, making sure we have that solid, you know, variety first is one of our biggest priorities right now. We're trying to, you know, get at least a few hundred more products up and running by the end of this quarter. We're also looking at um, hiring a social media person, you know, someone to help us with our marketing. Um, I can write a great business email, but not an Instagram post. So, <laughs> um <laughs> Definitely need help in that area. So I think that's really exciting to grow. And like I said, being other people. So, you know, that's not my strong suit. And I think um, things I've read, people have always said, you know, if know your strengths and know your weaknesses. You know, that people talk about these good leaders and everyone's really well-rounded. Um, but this doesn't happen. So I think knowing where you have those strengths and who can fill in your gaps and, you know, help you in your weaknesses. So hiring that marketing person, having us really go out and do some advertising, and, you know, really reach our audience is important this year, too. And so you're killing it at work. You're killing it in your side hustle. You have a great group of friends. You know, what should we expect from you five, ten years from now? Ooh, that's a fun question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I toy with that a lot. Um, we still haven't figured out if we'll go back to California. Um, yeah, that's like the ultimate question. Where will we live? Um, but definitely want to start a family in the next five or 10 years. Um, I see Sprinkle with Pink growing and continuing to grow. You know, we're already thinking about, okay, when's the next time we can bring on a full-time employee? So really want to build that into, you know, a big company where we can, you know, be that go-to bachelorette shop. So I definitely think five years is attainable and we can keep growing every year. Um, 
definitely need a yard, but you need a new house with a yard. <laughs> a three-story townhouse with a puppy is just, oh my gosh, I'm getting lots of steps on my Apple Watch. So definitely we'll have that house with a yard soon. So we ask all of our powerful ladies um, where you stand on the powerful lady scale. Zero being ordinary human and 10 being powerful lady Wonder Woman. Where do you feel on an average day? Where do you feel today? Oh, interesting. Um, let's see. I think every day is different, but I think that I like to view myself as a powerful leader. I think that people can always improve those. I think, you know, maybe a six-ish. Um, always looking at different leadership courses or different people I can learn from. So I think that you're never going to be that perfect 10 powerful lady. So um, there's always more to grow and learn. Is there a leadership um, course or workshop that you've done that you have gotten a lot of value out of that you recommend to other women? I kind of a number of them over the years through different organizations. Um, I'm trying to remember what the, the last one I did was. There's a lot of, you know, different courses through landmark education that I really enjoyed. Uh, we did one recently. It was a communication course. And, you know, I was like, oh, is that a relationship course? And I'm like, no, it's not. Um, you know, it's really about learning how to be an effective communicator with everyone in your life, from your relationships to your friends to your workplace. So I think that communication has been really um, important for me and building a solid company and everything that entails. So, What did you um, get out of that weekend? We, I think the most important thing is really listening to others. Um, I think oftentimes we think we're listening, but really we're just playing our own feedback of what we're hearing. So I think that's been really eye-opening to, you know, don't, you know, formulate your answer while someone's talking, really listen to what they have to say. And I think oftentimes you will hear something different um, than if you had been, you know, really in your own seat versus theirs. So I think that was really eye-opening and I think allowed a lot more, um, I'm not sure the right word is, but, you know, I think our relationship and then also at work too, um, I think a lot of times, you, you know, like I had the right answer, but you know, really what your your employees contribute, what do they know? Um, so allowing everyone to have that contribution and really listening to them is so important. A lot of people don't have the supportive as driven partner as you do. So for somebody who doesn't, what, what tips would you give them so that they can stay on their driven path while giving space for their partner to be on their own path? Ooh, I've had to learn a lot about this lately. I think, um, <laughs> learning everyone's style I think is really important for me I'm just kind of more of a word of vomit oh my gosh did you hear about this thing and you know 10 times a day I'm interrupting and I'm excited about everything and Travis <laughs> is <laughs> I'm constantly talking about everything to everyone and I kind of need to work through it by talking about things and for him he's really you know quiet you know he's a developer and you know engineer mindset so figuring out what works best for each person I think is really important and you don't want to you know run someone over or <laughs> you know you want to make sure that you have that balance and power with someone um but you still want to make sure you have a supportive partner too you know but I think that's really important for them you know whatever your endeavor is you know you need to have that support and love and admiration yeah and I think that there's space to take on what you're committed to without it having to be like an entire family commitment. <laughs> like everyone doesn't need to be on, you know, up for that game. So like simple mm -hmm. things in my life, you know, if if I'm committed to making the bed every morning before I start my day and I'm waking up hours before Jesse, there are times when like my half the bed is made and he's still sleeping in it, 
which might look so <laughs> ridiculous and so type A for someone watching. But there's something about knowing, like, I, I did my side. We're okay. I can move on. Like, it's because it's one of my <laughs> five things to do every day to, like, be on, on track. And um, I just had I to get, it. I just had to accept, like, well, my half's made. He'll have to make his half later. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's actually funny you say that because everyone has different things that are important to them. Um, I was, you know, very bad about changing the toilet paper roll, which is so random, but really irked. <laughs> it's okay to be like, look is important to me. I need to change the role. I'm like, okay, I got it. I'll do it. <laughs> but I think, you know, learning what is important for them, like for you making your bed or whatever it may be, you know, while silly, it is important to the other person. So I think making sure you're constantly looking out for each other and, um, you know, doing what works for your relationship, not just what works for you. Yeah, we had um, a couple on a couple episodes ago. And early in their relationship, they made an agreement that, if they said, no, this is important to me, that the other person would listen and do whatever they asked, um, you know, with inside of safety, um, because that was like the code word to say like, no, like we have to do something about this. And of course they use it wisely, right? They're not like, I have to go to this baseball game. It's really important to me, right? It's not those mm-hmm. things, but it became a great opportunity for them to really listen to each other, like you were talking about before, as well as be being able to honor, you know, in the relationship, the things that were important to the other person. You, you brought up the that your love language is being in service. And, you know, most people have different love languages than their partner and multiple love languages all at the same time. And to me, it's such a beautiful gift to be able to give someone a commitment that you'll honor what matters to them, even if it makes no sense to you, like me making the bed every morning <laughs> or Travis and his yeah. toilet paper rolls. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. And everyone's love languages are different. It's not about just in relationships too. It's, you know, with your coworkers, with your friends, with your family. Um, so I think learning what those are and making sure that you're constantly, you know, checking out like what's so for that person. So um, you know, like Travis and I are completely different. His is quality time. Mine's words of affirmation. He's like, what do you mean? Like, what are words of affirmation? <laughs> <laughs> like, I have to say things. So, um, you know, I think just constantly checking in and making sure that you're aware of like what other people's needs are. And it may not make sense to you, but they really are important for making sure everyone feels taken care of. Because you're so driven in your, you know, career uh, life and your personal schedule and and achieving your goals. Was it challenging to find a partner who like who fit you and that met what you your expectations were? Did Travis just show up one day and you're like, oh, finally, I found him? Like, what did you have to go through and learn from a relationship perspective to get to where you are today? <laughs> I dated I dated a lot of interesting people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would say it's not definitely an easy feat, but I think you know when we met um, at some bar at some concert, um, I think it was really apparent that you know we are both strong-willed but could you know complement each other. So I think that was really exciting for me to find someone like that. Um, I think a lot of people get kind of intimidated when they have a you know strong female partner. I think it's just so silly. So I think that, you know, everyone has their own success and finding someone to balance you or support you is really important. So I've been really grateful and excited um, to have someone like that. Yeah. So what are things that 
you want powerful ladies to know or women who don't think they're powerful to know? Oh, let's see. Um, I think there's, you know, knowing that you can do anything you set your mind to. I think there's so many different things that you may have no idea about and, you know, just educating yourself and putting your mind to it. Um, there's really no stopping you. And there may be, you know, certain roadblocks. There might be certain things that get in your way or, you know, people in my Spanish class tell me, you know, sit down. Like, what are you doing with these, these kids? <laughs> they use much harsher language. But, you know, there's going to be certain people who come in your path. And I think you can't let those get in your way. I think if you just make sure that those make you stronger and build you up as a person, rather than letting you down and giving up. So, you know, whatever it is you're passionate about, you know, the, you know, random stray dogs in Dallas or yoga or whatever you're passionate about, um, it really can be um, anything you set your mind to. Um, I think one of my friends and I, Elisa and I, we were like, you know what, there's food deserts here. And, and that's when there's no grocery store within, you know, a certain mile radius. Yeah, And I go, great, let's start a community garden. And so within 48 hours, we had devised a whole <laughs> business plan. And we're, we have no idea how to garden. We have absolutely no idea. And we're watching movies and we're like figuring out, you know, how far away to plant broccoli. And, you know, there's so many different ways. I went to the Dallas library and had a library card. Um, that was interesting. So there's just so many different ways you can educate yourself and you can be successful whatever you set your mind to. So I think just, you know, having everyone know that and, um, having someone be a resource to you too, I think is important. So find your people, find what you're passionate about and go for it. I just recently got my library card for the first time in ages. And (laughs) I did it because there's, you know, as an entrepreneur, you're always looking for free resources because the game is like, how do I do all of this on the smallest budget possible? And there's so many resources at most libraries and they've advanced so much since, you know, when I first had my library card and we were literally stamping a card, right, to check out books. Oh, and I love those. Yeah, you'd write your name and on that little yes. paper that's part of the book. Right. Yeah, they have Kindles now too. You can get ebooks and that's like a fun thing. An entire like um the one I, I uh signed up at the one of the Newport Beach branches branches, excuse me. And they have entire um, equipment you can rent, video cameras and audio equipment, and they have courses on how to do designs. And there's all this digital, all these digital assets and equipment that they have now, which most people don't think about when they think about the library. So anyone that doesn't know where to start, that's probably a great place to go after Google because you'd be surprised what's there, um, what speakers come through that you could meet and, you know, network with or learn from. So I think that's a great resource as well. Absolutely. There's, and that actually brings up a good thing, point too. I didn't realize how many local free resources there are. Um, there, you know, from the library to there's always um, different startup c- companies too. Uh, there's a local one here in Dallas and they really work, you know, pro bono with you to figure out how to help you grow as a company or, they have monthly seminars or different people coming in and you can have an advisor. So I think that's a great resource to go to. And there's also, um, I'm forgetting the name. Is it, you recommended it to me actually. Is it the ACA? The, the B business something? Small other? Business Association, SBA. Yes, they are incredible. So I didn't even know it existed. They need to do better marketing. <laughs> they are the best resource. You walk in and it's this whole center. Um, and they have these experts there. You know, you have your financial expert and um, the e-commerce expert and the accounting expert. You know, you have all these different people, and they all can help you for free. 
um, endless and that you could go 20 times a month if you wanted to. Um, but I had no idea. So I think if you're starting your own small business, definitely go to them. They have a ton of different resources. They have classes you can take. Um, definitely don't look past that. Another one that I always recommend is go to your local university, especially if they have a business or MBA program, because there are always people who need internships. And this could apply to non-business starting people as well. Like if you need a designer, if you need whatever you need, there's probably a student out there who needs to get credit for learning how to do that. And either could be free or very inexpensive. So, you know, you have so many projects you have to do in business school, and it's really hard to work on some of the business application when you don't have something real to, to compare it to. Like, I remember when we were first learning all the different Excel and spreadsheets and everything, you would sit there and be like, I don't understand why we're making these 80 million lists. Like, what is the purpose? <laughs> and so once you go into, like, an, an area where you need to make lists and you need to sync things and you need the Excel to work for you, then it all makes sense. And it's so easy to learn how to use it. Um, so there are so many people hungry to um, help you because it, you know, helping that you helps them that um, that's another thing that people don't use enough. Oh yeah. And we're definitely going to be tapping that this year. One of our um, employees is a college intern from SMU and we're looking at hiring um, a graphic design intern or a PR intern. So there's definitely a great resource of students and definitely tap that. As you've been bringing people onto your team, how much time have you spent looking at what you want to do and own versus what you want to give away and not have to think as much about? Like basically, how have you been deciding how you want to spend your time in the business versus where it's maybe smarter to have somebody else do it, either because you don't want to or it's not your strong suit? Yeah, you know, I think that was one of my um, challenges previously. I, you know, I typically am like, okay, they can't do it. I'm going to do it myself. And that gets exhausting and doesn't work and doesn't allow you to grow as a person and, you know, a company. So like you said, learning to figure out what you can first outsource or what you can offset to your team and have them grow on your team, um, I think is really great. So, you know, constantly trying to educate people and saying, you know, come sit with me, come learn this. Um, it'll really help you in the long run if they understand more about the business and how to take things on. So, you know, um, <laughs> before I was constantly worried about shipping, you know, is USPS coming here today? They're constantly missing their pickup. So, um, you know, having someone else manage that process so that I can focus on more strategic things rather than, you know, who's picking up our packages today um, is definitely more powerful and what's going to move our company forward. So I think it is important to figure out what you can take off your plate in order to put more important or different kind of things on your plate. So last question for the day, what are some resources that you recommend to other women? These could be podcasts, TED Talks, um, anything else that we haven't mentioned today that you think are great assets either for fun and entertainment or for figuring out how to be their most powerful. Um, other than the resources we talked about, those different associations are so powerful and helpful, you know, constantly picking up a book. I just think you can't learn enough. So making sure you always have a book on your nightstand, um, even if it's a fun one, you know, constantly evolving yourself. But I also love podcasts. Um, there's so many out there right now. I'm hooked on how I built this. And it's different companies, you know, from small startups or Spanx or Southwest Airlines and learning about how they built their company and the hiccups they had along the way and um, different triumphs. So um, love that one. 
and also been reading Radical Candor recently. Your recommendation, actually, such a great um, book. Learning about how to you know give feedback and empower your empower your team in order to you know have a really good communication stream and be open and you know empower others. So that's been really great for us too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so honored that you were a guest on the Powerful Ladies podcast. Thank you for being a powerful lady out in your world, being a boss lady and creating an empire where you can, you know, inspire others to have their best life as well. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so great to, you know, have you as a consultant and help our business and um, love to contribute in any way. So thank you. My pleasure. All right. I'll talk to you soon, Kendra. Thank you. Kendra is a dream client of mine. She's super coachable, she trusts me, and she does her homework between our meetings, which means she's producing results. Her drive and focus is so inspiring. So often I meet with people who are running away from being organized and having a schedule. And Kendra is a great example that the fastest way to live the life you want is to plan it out, to get coaching and to take action. She's also an example of the skills, talents, and gifts that make you special can at first label you as different. How you capitalize on what you're given is what transforms it from a problem to your best asset. Great news for everybody is that if you go to sprinkledwithpinkshop.com and use code POWERFULLADIES, you can get 10% off your order at Sprinkled With Pink. To support and connect with Kendra, to give her a high five and tell, remind her that she's doing awesome, you can follow her on Instagram at Sprinkled with Pink Shop, as well as at Dapper Dog Shop. You can check out her Etsy shop as well as her website, sprinkledwithpinkshop.com, and email her hello at sprinkledwithpinkshop.com and visit her Etsy store, Dapper Dog. As always, you can go to our show notes to get the exact links to all of her Instagrams and her websites. If you'd like to support the work that we're doing here at Powerful Ladies, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Leave a review on any of these platforms. Share the show with all the powerful ladies and gentlemen in your life. Join our Patreon account. Check out the website, thepowerfulladies.com to hear more inspiring stories, get practical tools to be your most powerful, get 15% off your first order in the Powerful Ladies shop, or donate to the Powerful Ladies One Day of Giving campaign. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. For show notes and to get the links to the books, podcasts, and people we talk about, go to thepowerfulladies.com. I'd like to thank our producer, composer, and audio engineer, Jordan Duffy. She's one of the first female audio engineers in the podcasting world, if not the first. And she also happens to be the best. We're very lucky to have her. She's a powerful lady in her own right, in addition to taking over the podcasting world, She's a singer-songwriter working on her next album, and she's one of my sisters. So it's amazing to be creating this with her, and I'm so thankful that she finds time in her crazy busy schedule to make this happen. It's a testament to her belief in what we're creating through Powerful Ladies, and I'm honored that she shares my vision. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. I can't wait for you to hear it. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love. Hey guys, are you planning a bachelorette party? How about a wedding? Or maybe, which might be more fun, your annual girls weekend? Well, great news. 
You can now customize and get an entire kit made for you and your girls at sprinkledwithpinkshop.com. It's the company that's owned by Kendra Eaton from episode 14 of the Powerful Ladies podcast. And from Bachelorette to Walking Down the Aisle, Sprinkled With Pink Shop helps you add the extra pop to your special days. They love making custom items. And if there's something you like that's not on their site, just contact them for a custom package. From floppy hats to tote bags to t-shirts to even floating pink flamingo cup holders you can customize whatever you can imagine for your day to be even more fun, they can make. Use code POWERFULLADIES to get 10% off today. Who's listening right now that is committed to living a healthier, more fit life? All of you. I thought so. I, I could hear you all raise your hands as you're listening. Great news. Powerful Ladies has partnered with Primal Kitchen to give you 10% off whatever you order. All of their products tend to be gluten-free, process-free, they're healthy, they're delicious. They are the foundations, things like avocado mayo, avocado oil, salad dressings, all the things that are going to make your healthy lifestyle taste delicious. It's all in the details. Go to primalkitchen.com, use code POWERFULLADIES and get 10% off every order. You're welcome.